Hey, what is going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here at Twitter the 4 Game NBA Main Slate on Sunday. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name is DK. I make daily videos breaking down NBA, NFL, PGA, and esports. Daily fantasy sports slates. Uh, before I get into the analysis real quick, I just want to say thank you guys again for all the support. I uh, currently have 4.4 thousand subscribers, so um, the content is all free right now. The easiest way to support me is just hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, like the video and hit the notification bell so you know when I upload videos, you know when I go live. I will be live streaming back on my YouTube channel tomorrow, uh, probably 45 minutes an hour before lock. It's, it's a weekend, so I have a little bit more time. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, stream on Connor's uh, a Twitch. We did a, a dual stream breakdown on the slate today, so hope you guys enjoyed that. But I'll be back to my YouTube channel uh, live streaming tomorrow. Um, also, if you cannot watch the videos for some reason, I do also upload on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description below, which is the DK DFS show. But with that out of the way, let's jump into the videos. Before we get into the breakdown of uh, Sunday slate, what we can do is quickly look back at my lineup here from uh, Saturday's slate. So Saturday, um, I went with uh, DJ Augustine, James Harden, Eric Gordon, Clark, Bam, Rondo, AD, and Whiteside. That's assuming Rondo plays. Um, I'm hoping he does, otherwise I might have to move some things around. Um, yeah, if you play James Ennis, that is really bad luck, I feel for you guys. Uh, he was somewhat high-owned, like 30-plus percent owned in this tournament at least. That ejection, I mean, that is, that's really, really tough luck. Um, yeah, I want Augustine over Fultz because I knew Augustine would be lower-owned. Uh, he went absolutely crazy, whereas Fultz chalk kind of busted, so got a huge edge there. I want Gary Clark uh, just because he was so cheap. Those are the only two plays I went with in that game. Unfortunately, uh, Orlando actually brought it back, so Giannis did play the fourth quarter. Um, he had a really solid end. He had like 65 fancy points. But yeah, um, went with, with Harden and Gordon. Um, I'm assuming that's not going to be a balanced attack for Houston. I, I think it goes back to normal of Harden, um, you know, having the ball in his hands most of the game and Eric Gordon being the, being the number two guy. Bam and bio, kind of a not the best start. Um, I think Goran Dragic being inserted into the starting lineup is affecting Bam and Jimmy's usage a bit. Because Goran's a high-usage guy, and him playing 35 minutes, I think, is affecting him. So I'll talk about in the next slate that the Heat are on, but uh, that does, I think, limit the upside a little bit with, with Jimmy and Bam uh, Goran in that lineup and playing huge minutes. Um, and then, yeah, Rondo, AD Whiteside in the late slate. I'll obviously have to pivot off Rondo if he does not play. I'm hoping he does, so we'll see how it goes. But all right, let's... Uh, Let's take a look, look at the numbers here. We have Boston and Philly. It's a 213 over under. Boston are eight-point favorites. We have the Clippers. The Mavs is a 231.5 over under. Clippers are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Obviously, the big news right now is Luka Doncic. Uh, questionable. He got injured, unfortunately, last game. I had him in my lineup. But was already, that, that slate was uh, already toast because I, I used guys in the Brooklyn-Toronto game. Um, but, yeah, that, that's, that's slate-changing news. Brooklyn, or uh, Dallas, and the Clippers. We have uh, Raptors-Nets. It's a 217 over under. Raptors are 13-point favorites. Again, there is bullet risk in that game. And finally, Denver-Utah, the late-night hammer, 216 over under. Jazz are three-point favorites. So let's start with center today. We'll start with Joel Embiid at 10K. Um, they, obviously, it's a must-win game. They're down 3-0. Um, you know, had a really, really good first half. I think he had like 37 fancy points and then cooled off in the second half. I mean, he's had over 50 the last three games. Uh, the usage is going to be absolutely insane. Um I'm perfectly okay getting Tim Bede at, at 10K. Uh, now, again, that's kind of dependent on what happens to Luka. If Luka's out, then, you know, I might, I'll probably prioritize Porzingis and then some value as far as, like, the center goes. So, um, but, yeah, I like him. I like Embiid. Uh, I think, you know, has a pretty high floor right now, obviously, with Ben Simmons out for the year. Um, and the offense does run through him. 
Hopefully he can put two solid halves together, because I feel like he's had one really good half in like each of these games and kind of cooled off in the other half. Uh, but yeah, Embiid's a guy that I certainly have been interested in. Jokic is interesting here at 9-3. Denver got absolutely destroyed that last game, lost 124-87. to Don't think we get that again. Um, I think this game does stay closer. Jokic and Jamal Murray are going to have to you know, play well if Denver wants a shot at this. The price is down on Jokic. I think the ownership will be down on him, too. So I actually do kind of like him at this price. It, it's not necessarily the best spot against Gobert defense, but he's had big games against Rudy Gobert this, this season. So it doesn't worry me too much. Like with Embiid or Jokic, it's a really tough call for me. I think Embiid will garner more ownership, but I don't hate the idea of getting Jokic, and then you have a guy, you know, obviously in the late night hammer there. Porzingis at 9-2. This is strictly dependent on what happens with Luka Doncic. If Luka Doncic plays, I think Porzingis is fine. If Luka Doncic is out, I think Porzingis is one of the top plays, probably the top play of, of, of the slate point per dollar at 9.2K. Now, obviously, if Luka doesn't play, the blowout risk is, is higher in this game. But, you know, the offense would run through Porzingis, so it would be Porzingis for me, and then obviously some Mavs value, which we'll get to in a bit. Uh, so we got to keep an eye on what, what the status is with Luka Doncic. I'm not chasing the Gobert game at 7-8. Um, did have a good game, but we'd just rather get to the other centers above him. I think the upside is way higher. Jared Allen uh, had 33 fancy points and took zero shots. That is absolutely insane. Um... I mean, if he just scores a couple buckets, he has a really, really solid uh, day. The minutes will be there as long as the game stays close. Uh, they'll push for 40 if Brooklyn does keep it close. Obviously, it's a must-win game. They're down 3-0. Um, yeah, I don't mind getting to Jared Allen even in a tougher spot. I just like that the minutes will be there. Um, so I think he's really solid. I'm not getting to Horford at 6-2. Ibaka is interesting because he's had some upside games here in limited minutes. 26 minutes, 37 fancy points. 23 minutes, 43 fancy points. Like the upside is really high. It's a really good matchup, but it's just hard for me to get to a guy at almost 6K that I know is only going to play 25 minutes. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think he's going to play for GPPs. Probably not a cash game play. Now, Zubak, that really shocked me with what like what the hell was Doc Rivers doing with that rotation. He played Shamit big minutes. He really limited Lou Williams out of nowhere. Montrez minutes one step went down. That was really... I know there was a quote that came out before the game that Zubak was going to play more. He played 18 minutes in the first game. He played 19 at half. He was on pace for 38 minutes. Um, if we're going to get 30 minutes out of Avicii Zubak again, I, I think he's your top value of the day. I think he's the best value play of the day. Can we trust those minutes? I don't know. Doc Rivers is turning into one of those coaches that we can't really trust the rotations right now. So it's tricky. Uh, if the minutes will be there, I absolutely love him there at 4-4. Like if he pushes for 30 again, he's, he's your best value play of the day. Uh, Maxi Kleber at 4-3 would become a, would get a slight boost if Luka's out, but really not out there for his offense. I think it would be more Porzingis and then the guards I would look to for Dallas. I'm not going to get to Tyson 4-2. Again, Harold, the minutes went down for him. I thought they would go up after point 22 last game. They went back down to 18. I mean, he was solid in that time, a point per minute, but I think the minutes are a little bit too hard to trust. Uh, if I knew Montrez was going to play 25 minutes, I would really like him at 4K. But it's a little bit hard to trust what Doc Rivers is going to do right now with his rotation. Gasol, at under 3-9, I mean, he's just a shell of his former self. Uh, has not been playing well. I think he can get you 20 fancy points. I think he's an okay punt. Not my favorite play. Boban and Cantor, these guys are going to play very limited minutes. They're solid point per minute guys. Uh, they basically just have to crush in like 12 minutes. Boban played 10 minutes. Didn't have the best day uh, Cantor, I think, played like 12 or 14. Yeah, 14. So they're strictly GPP plays because they're not going to get enough minutes. Karuks was barely in the rotations. So you can't consider him. And that's about it. So let's move on to Power Forward.
Um, Tatum at the top, man, if you played him last slate, I feel for you. Also, super, super unlucky. Got in severe foul trouble in the first quarter and then shot the ball terribly. 6 of 19. Still had 33 fancy points with like at least 10 minutes missed in that game due to foul trouble and him shooting terribly. The upside is obviously massive on Tatum if he stays out of foul trouble and has a half-decent shooting, half decent shooting day. I think he could definitely go for 60 with no Gordon Hayward. So Tatum, the ownership might drop after you know him having a bad day, but I, I think he's he's viable for sure. Siakam's at 7-9. He finally, finally had a good game. Like We haven't seen this type of upside from Pascal Siakam in a long time. Uh, it's the same analysis for me in this game. The upside is massive on the three main Toronto guys with Siakam, with Fred Van Fleet, with Lowry. If they get their 40 minutes, they will if the game stays close. If they do, at least two of those guys will absolutely crush their salary. The risk, obviously, is the blowout we saw last game. They did not get their full minutes, so it's a risk-reward. How do you want to go about it? Um, Tobias Harris actually finally had a decent game, too. He has to be their number two. He shot the ball terribly, 6-19, still put up 43 fancy points. He makes for an interesting contrarian play because I think a lot of ownership will go to Joel Embiid. MPJ, the minutes went way down. I think they started the second half with Jeremy Grant, only played 15. Uh, there's just no way I can do it, and no way I can trust Mike Malone right now as far as MPJ goes. Marcus Morris is actually fine at 5-4. The minutes have been there. He's been shooting the ball well, been doing solid. I think he's okay if you need someone in the mid-range. But TLC and Temple, uh, they shot the ball 5-30 of 30 combined. Again, their role is not going to change no Joe Harris. They're still going to stand in the corner. They have to hit their threes. They obviously did not last game. If they both have half-decent shooting days, they get value easily. And then Levert has way more upside, so you get way more assists for them. So how do you want to go about it? I still don't hate the idea of playing Levert with, with one of those value guys and just hoping they can actually hit their shots this time. So the floor is low. I don't think we get 3 of 18 shooting again, though, from TLC. So, again, how do you want to go about the slate? Do you want to avoid that Brooklyn-Toronto game and hope it blows out? Certainly a viable strategy. Um, or do you want exposure to it? Because if it stays close... The game has huge, huge upside. OG of 4-5, I think is fine. The Mets will be there. Not really out there for his offense. I think he's a fine cash game play at his price. Not my favorite play. DFS of 4-5 gets would get a slight boost if Lucas out. But again, he's more out there for his defense. I think it would be uh, Porzingis and then the Dallas guards. Jeremy Grant of 4-3. Um, you know, he started, I believe it was him that started the second half for, uh, Jer- for MPJ. I think he's fine at 4-3. I think that is a little bit too cheap. So, of like the cheap Denver guys, I think Jamie Grant looks okay. Paul Millsap is just a shell of his former self. An easy, easy fade, even at 4-1. Royce O'Neal, I think, is fine for value. The blowout hurt them last game. Obviously, uh, the starters not getting you know the full minutes. I think we would have got about 35 from Royce O'Neal. Another guy that's not out there for his offense, but the minutes will be there. He's a guy that can do it all. Rebounds, can get some assists, can, can hit a few threes. So I think Royce O'Neal is a pretty safe cash game play. I don't think this game blows out. I think we get 35 minutes from him as long as you don't get foul trouble or anything like that. So... I think Royce looks pretty good for, for a cheap option. I think that's really it, though. Um, yeah, so let's move on to uh, small four. Yeah, Luca, this changes the entire slate at 10-8. If he plays, I, I think he makes for a good spend-up. He was on pace to crush. He played 29 minutes uh, and had 50 fancy points. If he gets his 38 minutes, probably close to 70 fancy points, right? So uh, I would like Luca quite a lot. Obviously, I'd be a little bit worried him dealing with the ankle injury and of aggravating his ankle injury, but if he's out, it's Porzingis, and it's a Mavs value for me for sure. Now, Kawhi Leonard, again, that was really tilting with Lou Williams and Montrez getting way limited. Like, I don't know what Doc Rivers is doing. The Kawhi chalk got bailed out. 
uh, because they just limited Lou and Montrez so much. If that's the case, if Doc Rivers is just gonna, not going to play Lou and not going to play Montrez Harrell, then of course I, I would really like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They get a usage bump when Lou and Montrez are not on the court. So if that's the case, if he's going to continue to play Lou like 25 minutes and Montrez under 20 minutes, then I really like Kawhi. I really like Paul George. The reason why I wasn't super high in Kawhi that last slate is because I thought Lou would have got his normal 32 minutes like he's been playing. I thought Montrez's minutes would have gone up, and then they have a lot of high usage guys in offense. The minutes went way down on them. So if that's the case again, I think Kawhi looks really good at 9-8. Uh, he's been playing really, really well. I also have interest in Paul George. Paul George has been shooting terrible. 4 of 17 and 3 of 16. He's not going to continue to shoot that bad. He still put up subpar performances, 33 and 36 fancy points, shooting that bad. Imagine if he has a half-decent shooting day. He probably goes for 50. So I like both Clippers forwards if they're going to continue to limit Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. Mentioned Tatum. Uh, let's see. I'm not getting MPJ. THJ would become a little bit more viable at 5-7. Um, would have to do a lot more if Luka's out. So I would have finished in THJ. Um, my issue with him is he's a little bit more scoring dependent, but he would probably be like the number two in the offense if Luka's out. So yeah, that's dependent on Luka Doncic. If Luka plays, I don't, I'm not going to get THJ at 5-7. Ingles, I'll pass a 5-5. Even in a blowout, he still wasn't on pace to play huge minutes. So I'm not going to go there. Jay Rich played 42 minutes. I mentioned him as a cheap play lastly. He still did not shoot good 5 of 17 and put up 33 fancy points. I'm okay with Josh Richardson as a cheap option. Uh, you know the Mets will be there. It's a must-win game. Uh, if, he, if he shoots like decent, he probably has a pretty solid day. So I think Josh Richardson is a pretty good cash game play. Uh, other options, I'm really, really surprised at how high owned Norman Powell is. I, I always try to um, you know, hammer this down. People will always chase after a big game. Norman Powell played 32 minutes, went for 37 fancy points, shot the ball amazing. And he was like 50% owned, even in high-dollar tournaments that last slate, because people chased and assumed he was still going to get the minutes and shoot that well. That's not the case. I told you guys, I was like, I think Powell's going to play in between 32 and 17. I don't think he's going to shoot that good. What happened? He shot 4 of 8, 19 fancy points, and he was the absolute chalk. Really surprised me how, how, how uh, high-owned he was. Now, I like the upside of Norman Powell. I just did not agree with that ownership last slate. Um... I think, you know, on average, he probably plays 25 minutes. If he gets hot, like he did the second game, the minutes will get extended. So the upside is there. I think he's more of just a GPP play. Um, if he's playing really well, if he's shooting well, he could get extended to 30-plus minutes. Uh, again, DFS, Cleveland, I think they're fine, but it would be, you know, Porzingis and the, other, and the guards there for me for, for Dallas. I'm not getting to Torrey Craig at 3-5. Shamit, I think he will be high-owned at 3-4. This is a tricky one. He shot the ball really well, 7-13. Shambit's a really low usage guy. I, I feel this is like kind of chasing, right? Because he didn't do anything besides score the ball. He got three rebounds and a block and a steal. Like Shamit has played big minutes before and has not done a lot. Now the price is really cheap, so it's a tricky one. If you really need a punt, I think he's fine if he gets 25 minutes again. But I think the ownership might be inflated on him. I do not expect him to shoot that well again. So... It's a tricky one for me. I'm probably going to pass and let others chase, but I get it if you go to Landry Shamit at that price. Let's move on to shooting guard. So Mitchell at 9-5, in my opinion, is one of the easiest fades of the day um, with Mike Conley back. Can Donovan Mitchell still go for 50-plus? Of course he can, but I'm not prioritizing him, especially at 9-5. There's just stars that I like way more. Like Porzingis, Luka's out is the top play. You have those late. You have the Clippers forwards that if Lou and Montrez are going to be limited again, they look amazing. So I'm just not getting down to Mitchell at that price. 
Fred Van Fleet, Lowry, Siakam, I like all three a lot. Just know the risk. There's a good chance they only play three quarters or they only play 32 minutes like we saw that last game. If Brooklyn can keep it close, I think at least two of Van Fleet, Lowry, and Pascal Siakam will absolutely crush their salary. So again, how do you want to go about it? Do you want to take the risk? Because the upside is there in this game if it stays close. Uh, there's a really good chance it does blow out, so it's up to how you want to approach it. Jalen Brown's at 7-3. I don't mind the price. Uh, the issue with him is he doesn't do a, he doesn't like get a lot of assists, so like he'll get rebounds and score the ball. Kind of scoring dependent, but not really. You know what I'm saying? Like doesn't have the highest floor. Um, he did play 42 minutes, which is really good to see, but would have expected a little bit more from him, especially when uh, Tatum was in foul trouble. It was Kemba that had the big game, so I feel like people might go to Kemba now over Brown. I still probably prefer Kemba, even though he had the bigger, he had the better game, just because Kemba's got a higher floor with those assist numbers. It's an interesting scenario. If I think the ownership will be way higher in Kemba, which I think it, it, it probably will compare to Jalen Brown, then you could look to Brown as a, as a, uh, a low-owned pivot in GPPs. And Lou Williams, I just don't know what, what Doc Rivers is doing. He played 32 minutes the first couple games, and then only played 26. That's huge, right? That's six minutes of Lou Williams is absolutely massive. If we only get 20, if we're only get 25 minutes out of Lou Williams, I'm not paying five nine for him. If I knew he was going to play 32 minutes, I would like him again. So right now, it's probably going to be a stay away, uh, just because I can't trust Doc Rivers in his rotations. I'm not going to get to Marcus Smart at five six. Uh, Clarkson's an easy fade. I mean, he has to do shots. He can still get you there, but I'm not paying five three for him. Uh, other options, let's see. Tyler Johnson was the guy I mentioned uh, getting the biggest boost. He still only played 24 minutes. Now, he was in some foul trouble, so maybe he pushed it for close to 30. Uh, you know, with Tyler Johnson, he's a guy that can create his own shot. Like, TLC, Garrett Temple, they can't create their own shots. So, when Levert is not handling the ball, it's probably going to be Tyler Johnson, who, again, can create his own shot. So, I have a little bit of interest in him. The minutes still worried me a bit. I thought they might go up a bit. Still only 24 is a little bit worrisome. Uh, but the upside is there for him. So I ha I like Tyler Johnson a little bit worried. Uh, I think the Mets, you know, were limited a bit because of the foul trouble. Now, South Curry, even at 4-6, would become a really, really solid. I know he shot the ball 9-11. of 11. We're not going to get that again. But if Luka is out, then, you know, these Dallas guards look really, really good. So that play is dependent on whether or not uh, Luka plays. Burks at 4-2. Minutes went back up a little bit to 22. Um, I think he's okay. Like if he gets 25 minutes, I think he can definitely get you there. I think he goes low-owned. Like Against Houston, 22 minutes, 35 points. points. Like the upside is there for Alec Burks. It's a tricky one. He will go low-owned, but I kind of like him in GPPs if, if I knew he was going to play 25 minutes. Now, J.J. Barea, I think there's an off chance he might start for Luka. There's games where Luka's been out, um, and they've started J.J. Barea. Um, so if J.J. Barea starts, I like him. So I think he gets at least 20 minutes. And he's a good point-per-minute guy. So I think there's a, there's, there's a chance he might start if Luka's out. I'm not getting to Terrence Davis. DeLon Wright would get a slight boost, too, obviously, if Luka's out. I think it would be probably J.J. Barea for me and Trey Burke and Seth Curry. Those are the guys I would look to. Uh, all right, let's finish up with point guard. So mentioned Luka, mentioned Donovan Mitchell. Lavert. now he's a point guard only at 8-2. This is tricky because he's had amazing first halves in the last two games. He was on pace for like 70 in that second game, and he was on pace for like 60 in that most recent game, and then just disappeared in the second half. 
it's a tricky one because if he just ha- if he you know plays decent in the second half, he can absolutely crush. Um, I don't know what to make of it because I didn't get to watch a whole lot of that second half. I heard like Chioza was handling the ball a lot, which didn't didn't make sense. Um, I still might go back to Levert just because I know if he just puts two decent halves together, he could he can have a massive game. Um, it's a tricky one. Obviously, the blowout risk is huge too. I think you're going to want a good amount of exposure to this game or completely fade it. Uh, it's it's the key to the slate once again. I know I've mentioned that every time, but the Brooklyn-Toronto game is key. You either full fade it or you get a good amount of exposure to it because the upside is massive. Uh, Lowry, again, him, Fred Van Fleet are very, very similar. Lowry shot the ball seven times and went for 42.5 fancy points. Right? Imagine if he shoots the ball a little bit more. I mean, I just really do like the upside in these Toronto guys. The risk is they don't see their full minutes. Kemba at 6'9", I like him. I think the ownership will be up on him after that big game, though. Went for 47 fancy points. It's a tricky one. I think he is still my favorite point-per-dollar play of those Boston guys. Uh, but I think he will be the high zoned. Jamal Murray at 6'8", I kind of like. Um, I think the ownership will, will be low on him. You know, the Mets were down because of back-to-back blowouts. I think we get 35-plus Mets from Jamal Murray if this game stays close. And with MPJ's Mets, you know, a little bit more up in the air now with Mike Malone, the offense is going through Jamal Murray. It's going through Nikola Jokic. So I think getting to both of those guys is not the worst idea. I know it's not the best matchup, but I, I kind of like both Murray and Jokic for GPPs. I think Conley's solid at 6'3". I don't think he's going to shoot the ball 9 of 13. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to play, like, 30-plus minutes if the game stays close. If you're going more of the balanced approach, I think Mike Conley looks pretty decent for his price. Um, Shake Milton's at 4'4". Played, what, 38 minutes? If we get 38 minutes again from Shake Milton, then, yeah, obviously I have interest. Um, so he's a viable punt for sure. I don't know if we can expect that again, but... The minutes were really solid the last game. Now, Trey Burke, they almost as probable. Um, he would also get a huge boost if there's no Luka Doncic. So I would look to some of these Dallas guards if, if Luka's out for sure, for value. Um, I don't think I'm going to get to Monte Morris at 3-7. Chioza, er, 3-9. Chioza's at 3-7, played 23 minutes. Did have four steals, so a little bit more of an outlier for him. Um, yeah, if we get 25 minutes on Chioza, I think he's actually a fine value play. But the game did blow out. Probably got a little bit extended because of that. It's a risky play. I think he's in play for salary relief, but I don't know if I'm going to do it. Uh, Reggie, the Mets went way down on him, so can't do that. Pat Beverly, I don't think he's going to play again. Uh, if he's out, obviously Shamit probably gets some decent run again. And that's really going to wrap it up, guys. So, um, again, big news is Luka Doncic changes the entire slate. And also, what are you going to do with Toronto-Brooklyn? I think either approach is fine. We either fully fade it or, or get some exposure to it, like get a couple pieces because, you know, if Lowry, Fred and Fleet, and Siakam play 40 minutes in that game environment, it's Brooklyn to play no defense. At least two of those guys, I think, will have a huge day. Um, and then, you know, the sneaky game on the Denver side. They got blown out back-to-back uh, slates, back-to-back games. MPJ's minutes are a little bit more up in the air. He's a high-usage guy. He's not going to play big minutes. The offense is Nikola Jokic. It's Jamal Murray. I kind of like them for GPP. So that's it, guys. I think that's going to do it. Um, if you haven't enjoyed the content so far, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a like button on the video, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. 
Um, I will be live streaming in probably 45 minutes to an hour before lock, going over everything. I'll give you guys cash game plays, GPP plays, a team-by-team -team breakdown, go over the news that we have then, uh, give you guys a core and answer any questions you have at the end. So thanks again, guys. Good luck, and I will see you all tomorrow in the live stream.